All right, the divisions have been decided. Champions are about to be crowned and legends born like Taylor Heineke. But what about you? What's in it for you? I know. It's your time to win in the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year. Maybe your team had a good season. Maybe your team had a bad season. How about you have a winning season in January? My bookie, the industry's leading online sports book and casino, and it's not hard to understand why. Thousands of lines to bet on your favorite sports. NFL, NBA, college basketball, check, check, check. MMA, soccer, check, check. They've got all the latest odds, period. Take advantage of MyBookie's prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run, throw, basket, touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket. Visit their mobile-friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Just use promo code ZABE when you make your first deposit. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. The best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at MyBookie. Today on the ZabeCast, all hail the GOAT, Tom Brady, going to his 10th Super Bowl. None of us will live long enough to see that again. But at the same time, the Packers and Matt LaFleur author one of the all-time chokes. I got Johnny Ronas and my man Hatch, the CFL Flash in the free drinks and appetizer van today to discuss. All that plus a return to civilized air travel. Your 45-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Tuesday, January 26, 2021. Thank you for downloading. Before I get to the boys in the van tonight, just a couple of things, personally speaking. Man, my blood pressure has been through the roof the last 24 hours or so. Now, it could have been a combination of things. And when I say through the roof, I'm getting readings on my home blood pressure machine like 180 over 100, to which you might say, piker. I'll show you high blood pressure. Look at mine. Of course, I don't like it up there. I can tell I've got this kind of low-grade hypertension headache, or at least I think I do. And it's in part because I switch doctors. I think I said this on the podcast. My old primary care physician fired me because I made one too many cancellations of an appointment. And she was like, I'm sorry, I can't be your doctor. Find somebody else. I'm like, oh shit, okay. I got to find somebody else. Luckily, I found a guy closer to me who works seven days a week. The guy's amazing. And you can always get in. You can always you know, wait to get in to see him. Great guy. Anyway, I go in. I say, hey, I'd like to make you my new primary care guy. And he's like, no problem. We'll do our best, which is just his humble way of saying, of course, we'll take you on. And I tell him about this blood pressure medication that I'm on called Lozartan. And he's like, what dosage? And me being an idiot, I just thought, ah, 50 milligrams? So he's like, okay, no problem. Writes up the script, away we go. After about a week or so of being on the new Lozartan, which comes in a different color and size pill, which I at first go, that's weird, but nah, okay, whatever. Um, I'm like, 
God damn, it feels like my blood pressure is through the roof here. Sure enough, I check it and I was like, whoa, okay, what's going on? I then check my old prescription and it was not 50 milligrams. It was 100. Duh! And I guess it had this HCTZ uh, mixed in with it, which is a diuretic. So it's like two medicate, two, 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 two medications in one. So I'm running around right before kickoff on Sunday to get, you know, the old prescription, bring it over to the doc, go back to the pharmacy, get my thing fulfilled and all this other stuff. And really throughout the day on Sunday, it wasn't getting any better. I wake up on Monday morning. It's still bad. So I go see him on Monday. And he takes my blood pressure. It's not nearly so bad. It's like 140 over 85 or something like that. And I say, all right, you sure about that, Doc? And he's like, yeah, I'm sure about it. I said, all right, I just want to make sure that my head's not going to explode. He's like, no, you got to get over 200 for it to be really bad. And then you're in hypertensive crisis. You don't want to live with blood pressure in that 180 range at all, or even really above 130. But still, he's like, relax, going to be okay. And he asks me, have you been stressed? And I think, no, not really. Now, granted, the Packers just pissed their season away with their worst game of the year, second worst game. First worst game was the first game against Tampa. This was the second worst. And yeah, I desperately wanted them to win. I had a whole plan in which I was going to take the free hugs and candy van all the way down to Tampa, do a week of shows from down there, parking it wherever I can find some action in town, which is probably going to be very light because I understand teams, well, team now, (laughs) Tampa's there, first time ever, but the uh, Chiefs aren't going to show up until right before the game, basically. It's going to be all zoom, 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 zoom. It's not going to be like any Super Bowl ever, but I had a big plan to do that. So I I was heavily invested and I was very upset and and bummed that the Packers lost the game, but I didn't think in a million years it would cause me stress. But then I started thinking, well, maybe I am stressed and I just don't know it. I'm not aware of it. It's not like I'm shaking or I'm super angry or I'm screaming or whatever. It could be silent stress. That sort of builds up within you and you think, I'm fine, I'm not stressed, everything's fine. But inside, things are churning. You know, your body creating all these hormones and all of these um, what are, uh, uh, endorphins and all this other stuff, all the chemical stuff going on in your body. Maybe it's because of my doom scrolling regarding coronavirus. And to a lesser extent, politics, but eh. The politics, I just like, I note it and I'm like, okay, whatever. Unions are like, hey, fuck, whoa, you canceled the pipeline? The fuck did you do that for? We we endorsed you, Biden. What the hell? I'm like, okay, whatever. But the coronavirus, that could be stressing me. Not that I'm worried about it because I just got through it. And now there's going to, by the way, I'm going to debate Mr. X about this later in the week because he 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 wanted to make sure I knew that when I said, hey, I've had it, so I'm good already. Oh, no, no, no. You could get reinfected. And he and I had a back and forth exchange about that particular point. And the essence of my point was, bro, it's like hitting a 15-team parlay. 
I'm not worried about it. And he's like, don't be so sure. And then cites this, this, and this. We'll talk about that later on. I'm not worried about getting sick or necessarily even my family. You know, my, my wife was positive. My, uh, I think my oldest daughter probably was. We haven't tested her. It's long. It's passed now by about a month. Even my mother and father-in-law uh, ended up testing positive. And, you know, they're, my father-in-law, uh, you know, he's got other issues being in his early 80s. And so he had to go uh, spend a night in the hospital and he came back okay. But, you know, you combine that, hey, he's going to the hospital and he tested positive. It's pretty stressful times. But he's back with uh, my mother-in-law and he's doing fine, as fine as he has otherwise battling, you know, the conditions of age of being 80 years old. So I don't think that's it necessarily. I will say some of the stuff I'm seeing regarding coronavirus lockdowns in other countries are mind-boggling and truly disturbing. Maybe that's what's triggering sort of these chemical impulses inside of me that I'm not totally aware of that's sending my blood pressure through the roof. Amsterdam, a police water cannon from a heavily armored tank blasting a woman into a concrete wall, leaving her skull gashed and bloody. What the fuck? Canada, flag-waving protester chased and arrested by a dozen cops. Canada, the nicest country in the world. Scotland, police entering a home to make an arrest of a husband and a wife in front of their screaming kids because a neighbor reported they had more than six people in their house. Germany to set up COVID camps for repeat quarantine breakers. Germany! I mean, all of these so-called enlightened and progressive countries have descended into madness. Absolute dystopian, real-life, this-is-happening madness. Where are those in charge of these enlightened Western democracies to say, hey, we need to do some things to try to curb the coronavirus, but we are not going to do that. Oh, no, no, no. No, we're drawing the line. Where are those people? Are they drunk on authoritarian power? I can't believe that they are. Or are they just caught up in going along with the program? Are they afraid to stand up and go, whoa, 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 we're not arresting 90 years. Like I saw some 80-year-old dude in the UK forcibly tackled by four or five police officers and handcuffed over coronavirus violation. What are we doing? That, that is scary stuff because I thought that enlightened countries, Western countries would draw the line somewhere and say, no, look, we're not doing that. I'm hoping to go to Scotland with my group of golfers in late June as the holidays closed down or, or came, you know, as the Christmas week and all and New Year's, you know, came through my tour guide over there, Ronnie Pook was sounding a very optimistic note. Vaccines are on the way. Things are coming around. But in the couple weeks since it's been nothing but slam it in reverse for international travel, at least when it comes to Europe and other parts of the world. 
And they're now implementing these insane 14-day mandatory hotel quarantines for two weeks with police guard. Now, we're a long way still, but maybe not as long as I think from June. Maybe that's stressing me out. Maybe that's dismaying me. By the way, a year ago, the United States under Donald Trump imposed the first travel restrictions on China. Vox Magazine or Vox uh, Vox online website, Vox.com, quote, the evidence on travel bans for diseases like coronavirus is clear. They don't work. Oh, that's so 2020. The World Health Organization's Director General Tedros whatever his name is, said travel bans, quote, can cause more harm than good. At the time, the media and the WHO were saying this, there was a mere 22 deaths worldwide. Now they're like, the virus is everywhere, can't be contained, and it's the exact opposite. It's fucking madness. So maybe this is all stressing me, and maybe I consciously don't even know it. Like I said, I'm not shaking. I'm not necessarily in a bad mood. I don't seem to feel it, but man, BP is through the roof. Better go walk the dog, pet the dog, take a nap, watch some Simpsons. Who knows? Speaking of madness, the end seems to be near for Twitter, I'm afraid. They are now going to have something called Birdwatch as a, quote, feature of the platform. What is Birdwatch? Here's what it is. It's like an army of Karens who will be able to add commentary to tweets they find potentially misleading or inaccurate. Well, well, well. The new system currently is going to be offline, set aside a standalone section of Twitter that will only be available to a small set of users, largely on a first-come, first-served basis. But they say they want to roll it out to the platform in general in the coming months. So in other words, it'll be like Wikipedia, where people just keep trying to edit shit to shade Wikipedia entries to their preferred worldview and political orientation. This is where I'd love to get off Twitter. I would love to just go, boop, delete, and done. But I know that I do use it as a tool. I do want to be able to reach people and to have a presence there on that platform. But man, the trouble that's brewing and the way things are going, I'm ready to just go, boop, I'm out. I got out of Facebook years ago. So happy about that. And the thing that's crazy is that, you know, initially you thought, oh, wow, what a cool tool. I can have a voice. Small voice, I don't have many followers here on Twitter, but at least I can speak my mind and say, hey, this is bullshit, man. Come on now, or Brady sucks, or whatever. And when it came to Facebook, you think, wow, I can organize a group, and we can rally towards causes that are important to us, and we'll be largely left alone to use these tools or platforms to organize and to speak. And we can do all this as long as we are not committing a crime or not advocating actual violence on another person. Not so more, not so much anymore. Actual companies like our media companies, radio companies I work for would push and push and push to send their own people, send our own listeners to Facebook. Go like us on Facebook. 
They didn't make a dime from Facebook. They just thought, well, we got to go along. Everyone's going along. Uh, you know, make Hot 100. Give them a Facebook page and come on, we'll we'll reach out, we'll interact, we'll engage with our listeners here. It was folly. This is not their platform, not your platform. It's Facebook's platform. It's their platform. And it makes you no money, like I said. They can yank it from you at a moment's notice. And if you're an individual personality, you can get fired for something you say, even in a joking manner. So I'd love to give up Twitter. But now the radio people expect it, and I almost have to go to management of my current radio employer and say, hey, uh, yeah, I'm thinking about getting out of Facebook or getting off of Twitter. Is that okay? Of course they're going to scream bloody murder. Go, no, 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 you've got 50,000 followers. By the way, that's another thing. I think I topped out at 53,000 followers at one point. Then it got dialed back. It just bumps along at that thing. No matter how many times I mention on the radio, on multiple shows in multiple cities for 10 years, I should be gaining at a consistent 2% rate. It's just been stagnant the whole time. It's such a fucking scam. I see other accounts of random policy people, think tank people that have double, triple the amount of followers. I'm like, they can't fucking be real. They got to be buying those because it's all big status thing. Oh, look how many followers you have. So yeah, if I were to say I'm out of Twitter, they would scream bloody murder because they love to be able to tell their advertisers and we got our personalities. They'll tweet out this ad or this video clip promoting you. And that's part of the buy for the station. But all the risk is on me and I don't get paid more for tweeting out. It's like, can you do us a favor? I don't know. Bird watch. I got a bird watch for you right here. And for those that say, well, look, Sabe, just as long as you don't say anything political, as long as you uh, <clears throat> don't say anything crazy, you'll be fine. What's the problem? Everything's political. That's the problem. You don't know what's, quote, fine anymore. And just the mere notion that somebody could bird watch one of my tweets. On my accounts, if I were to say something like Pinehurst number two is the most overrated golf course I've ever seen. Oh, hold on. Birdwatch says that's uh, incorrect. Fuck off. I'm out. I'd love to be out. Not out yet. Thinking about it harder and harder every day. Kind of like I'm thinking about how MySpace used to be a thing, remember? And Tumblr used to be a thing, right? They're still around. Nobody uses them. Maybe this is where Twitter is headed. We shall see. All right. The divisions have been decided. Champions are about to be crowned and legends born like Taylor Heineke. But what about you? What's in it for you? I know it's your time to win in the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year. Maybe your team had a good season. Maybe your team had a bad season. How about you have a winning season in January? My bookie, the industry's leading online sports book and casino, and it's not hard to understand why. Thousands of lines to bet on your favorite sports, NFL, NBA, college basketball, check, 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 MMA, soccer, check, check. They've got all the latest odds, 
period. Take advantage of my bookie's prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run, throw, basket, touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket. Visit their mobile-friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Just use promo code ZABE when you make your first deposit. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. The best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at my bookie. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's talk some football with my guys in the appetizer van. So last night I said I put my podcast I put the podcast to bed before the games yesterday. And that's a good thing because man, I would have lit LaFleur to the moon and back for what happened in the Packer game. I have never seen a choke by a coach quite like that in my life. You do not kick a field goal down eight on fourth and goal with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. I don't give two shits, Hatch, about analytics this, win probability that. This is bullshit. With two minutes left. Two well, minutes left. My thing was. did you? What did you think of the decision? I thought it was an okay decision. You did. Because, because they had been down there three other times and settled for, or two other times and settled for field goals, right? Yes. So it wasn't an easy <laughs> no score for them to and I was like well just kick the field goal the defense needed to step up they needed to stop. stop right and needed to stop so you put the you know you put the onus on the defense to stop them defense and get the ball and let Aaron, Aaron Rodgers get the ball back problem is and to Tom me, Brady had thrown three interceptions that's three true. series three, that's true. three series in a row that's true but here's the thing you still have to get a stop that's the problem in other words, if you kick the field goal and they get a first down, Ronas, the game's over. So you're just you're weighing again. Like to me, the urgency is first, don't lose. So your best chance at not losing would be to go for it and try to convert the two. And then if that fails, then you still got them at the eight yard line, and you can get your stop and maybe have one more crack at it. That, no, that's true. That's Absolute, true. But go ahead, go, go, uh, no, you but. Don't. but Here's what happens though. When teams need a first down to end the game, yeah. what happens most of the time? They get very conservative. Handoff. Handoff. Right. They don't want to throw if they try to throw it, it's a little quick short pass. Yeah. Nothing that's too 
you well, know. they threw it on first down just before the two-minute warning, mm-hmm. and that got nine yards. Then it yep. forced Green Bay to take an automatic offsides. Yep. And they threw it on third down, mm-hmm. and they got the flag. Right. Now that's Which another. Which they almost didn't. That's another big point of contention. Ronas, jump in here with your thoughts on the strategy <laughs> first and all, the and the flag. Let's just go with the flag first. I mean, if you're going to complain about that, you might as well just throw the officials off the field with two minutes to play. Because he grabbed his shirt yeah. with both hands. Mm-hmm. He grabbed it. It pulled <laughs> off about three feet. I know. And then I heard you this morning. The guy was saying he was doing an untuck it ad. Your, your guest <laughs> said it in Milwaukee there. Yes. And then he grabbed it with the other hand. So if you're going to complain about that, just remove the officials at two minutes. But the complaint is they weren't calling anything else like that all game long. There wasn't. There was, there no, was, there was, there was nothing like that. Like that. When, you the first, yeah, there was. Sir, yeah. when you pull on somebody's When you Murphy Bunting. Pulled that's, on. That's nothing. You can <laughs> run through. Listen, I played receiver. You can run through somebody grabbing the top of your yeah. shoulder. They can't get a good grip. They can't get a what good grip. What are you talking grip. about? You can't it's get a great a gr- grip on the shoulder. Not to slow somebody down from running. If I'm behind you and I grab your shirt and Twice. pull it, <laughs> yeah. then I'm, hands. I can't. I'm slowing way down. Yeah. I can't jump. I can't. I'm slowing way down running. I'm that not, was a clear. My feeling pass is when you kick field goals on fourth and goal with a game on the line, you forfeit any right to bitch about. Okay, the so let's let's go back so, to that. I was a, I don't know, twelve year season ticket holder for the Patriots, right? When they stunk, and then when they came through, and they were pretty good. So I was jumping for joy, rooting for Tom Brady, jumping for joy when they decided to kick that field goal. See, that's the thing because if I was you, like, the only way <clears throat> they can lose this game, the only way that Bucks can win this game, mm-hmm. is if they kick that field goal. Yeah, like to me, strategy in football is easy. Think about what the other team would love for you to do, right? And then do the opposite. Yeah. And you know they weren't like, oh shit, they're kicking the field goal. <laughs> they're like, yeah, they're kicking the field goal because he was going to score a touchdown. Yeah. I don't know. Tom Brady. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say the problem with football is it's a conservative sport. And until you get a new breed of people up there in the coaching that's going to trust the analytics and trust the new way of doing things. Some guys are more aggressive than others. You're going to get conservative coaches. Belichick is aggressive. Frank Reich is aggressive. Andy Reid's aggressive. Vrabel is aggressive. Andy Reid is aggressive. Andy Reid went for it on fourth and one with Henny. The week before, yep. oh yeah, as fifth, soon as Mahomes block. was hurt, and they went for it on fourth and one with a game on the line. Yep. But how come? Midfield. How come? How come more coaches aren't doing it? The analytics tells you if it's fourth and three or less, you should go for it all the time. Because and they don't. Because coaches are afraid to look stupid. Conservative. They're conservative, and That's you know the why they're conservative. Taught. Because they don't want to have to answer questions from us in the media. Going, why'd you do that, coach? Because they're human beings, but most yep. of them. In that particular case, you have to, as a young coach, you have to give the ball to your franchise player who certainly has earned it. I don't like Rodgers that much, but he is definitely <laughs> – because he's always compared to Brady. Why don't you Brady, like him? Because he's always compared to Brady as one of the greatest quarterbacks, and he's always told he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and he's not. He's great, though. And I don't like him because I'm a little bit afraid of him, no question about him, because he's so good. Mm-hmm. And he's been given a little bit of an anointing that's that's one Super Bowl should not get. <laughs> one Super Bowl but appearance. at that point, that young coach has to, owes it to Rodgers to give him the ball and give him a chance. I, I agree, but Especially I also— since the team pissed away I know. the whole game. I also felt that Rodgers owed it to the team and everybody to not come off the field, to do this. To say yeah. to Lafort, no, fuck you. 
I'm getting off the field. And Rodgers is like that. Well, yeah. and he has that right to do that. I think yeah. other. I think Brady would have done it. I think you're right. I think I've it's seen like, Brady. Like I think picture. I've seen Manning before yeah. do that. Like, no, 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 no. Or just, just yeah, right. I'm not coming. <laughs> the up. hand. It's like talk the to the hand. The coach is about to walk out of the dugout, and the pitcher just goes right. See you later. Right. Get back. Right. Or and that's what he should have done. He just should have given him the underhand little wave. Yeah. Of chew you. We or, don't need your your field goal unit here. Yeah. Or if you're my if you're my boy Johnny Rhodes and Legion Ball, you throw the ball over the trees into the woods. Excellent. When the when the coach comes to take you out of the Great. game, or throw it at the coach. <laughs> Actually, Johnny, yeah. I don't know if you did that or not. It might have been somebody else that told me the story. So yeah, so Rogers went along with it, and then after the game was his typical passive aggressive self, saying, "Well, it wasn't my call." And I was just going along and then talking about I may not be here next year. I'm like, why is it so hard under contract for three more years, MVP coming, to just say, you know what, I'm bitterly disappointed, but I can't wait to start workouts in the spring. Why is that so hard? he's like that. He gets a pass for his attitude. That dude's a – he gets a, a lot of criticism. He, oh no, I don't think not enough. so. Not okay. enough I, for the I, way I he acts. Kind of a baby. he's a yeah. He gets yeah. he got the coach fired. McCarthy fired. Well, he deserved to be fired. He well, well, he he threw him under the bus. Okay. But he's, he, By the way, attitude, how you enjoying McCarthy in Dallas? Well, we'll see next. You got to give the guy three. I give him three years. Thank okay. God he got rid of the defense coordinator Nolan. Well, there I you mean, go. Who in the world yeah. would have hired him in the first place? Right. But, Anyways, anyway, so about back Rogers. to Rodgers and his attitude. You know, he's so nonchalant on the field. His little off-balance throws and his little <laughs> thing. And he, he starts calling the snap count without his hands under the center. And then he last second he puts his hands in the center. I'm like, somebody <laughs> knocked that fool out. His attitude. He's, I'm like, this dude walks around. He's all cool, like, during the game. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. And I'm meanwhile, like, come on, dude. Meanwhile, like, Thomas Edward Brady is going to his 10th Super Bowl. Yeah, Can't and he lost his ten. mind in the second half. He was awful. He, he was bad. He is the ultimate awful. guy who just will turn and fire a ball out of bounds. He decided that he would just throw punts up in the air. <laughs> yes, exactly. He threw, he threw two punts. He threw two punts. The, the worst and one. Then, and then that tip he, was a he, miserable pass. He spiked this, uh, like an inside tunnel screen that was supposed to go to Godwin. Godwin was actually well, there open. and open. Yeah. And he and he spiked At it. Yeah, he end. panicked. Yes. Because the clock was going down, and he, yeah. it was like two seconds. He got it, and he was like. Right. No, it was. He didn't, that was he before their he, last field goal. He thought goal. he was going to get sacked. Right. So he said, we are at 46-yard field goal. If I get sacked here, then we're out of field goal range, so I'm doing whatever it takes. Literally, boom. It was he one gave s- the play, play no chance None. for success. He didn't even look up. Right. That said. And they made the field goal. That though. said, 10 Super Bowls. That's we're not going to live long enough to see anyone else go to 10 of them. And – with another team. I remember when he said, I'm going to go play for Tampa. And I'm like, oh, okay, now here's the end. This yep. is going to be ugly. Just like all the rest of them. <laughs> like yeah. all the rest of them, exactly. <laughs> and they were 7-5 and five at one point, and it was not looking that good. And then they won four in a row. Here they are. Their defense Unbelievable. Todd they, Bowles yeah. needs credit. Todd no, Bowles yeah. is the man. Todd Bowles getting blown, by the way, by the media. Yeah. Todd Bowles is getting the company pushed from every announcer. Yeah. Todd Bowles defense. Todd yep. Bowles this. He, uh, Let's get him another head coaching job. Yeah, the Todd only problem is, is he's, he's very – He does. I'm sure he does a good job, and you know a lot better than I do about football, but he seems to be a little bit one-dimensional where he just – they're coming. Yeah. They're coming on every play, and I'm just afraid that Mahomes just makes one little move and then the whole field's wide open. 
Well, we'll see about that. We'll get to the Mahomes thing in just a second. So as far as Rodgers go, goes, in theory, you got a number of quarterbacks who could be gettable this offseason, including Stafford. Now, if you're the Reds, the woofed skins, mm-hmm. would you want Stafford for two number ones? No. No. How about a first and a second? No. I wouldn't. You're only going to get like two years out of the guy. Okay. And three he's years? He's hurt for three, three. games a year. Okay. Uh, a first. Did I say a first and a second? You, yeah. I said no. So no, no first. Oh, come on. you no. got to give up a first to go get a Where guy are they like picking? That. 19th. What I say is that they're Maybe. not. All right. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, in theory, 25 he was years old. I know. Big difference. What would you pay to get him? In two, terms of composition, two, two ones, first, yep. plus, 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 third okay. and a fifth or something like I'd that. I'd do one first. I wouldn't give away two. Okay. You ain't getting them for that. Aaron Rodgers, in theory, what would you give up to get him if you're a team that's contending? Contending? Easily, easily two ones. Granted, he's older, but Thir- he's got three good years. 37. Well, yeah. I, I mean, if you're New England, <clears throat> if you want to put them in the category of great coach, yeah. pretty good base that didn't play this year because of mm-hmm. COVID, yeah. I'd give – a lot. You'd give a lot to, you to take him. If I was yeah. New England. Well, you know how Belichick is. He always cobbles up a lot yeah. of draft picks. I know. So, so it's, he's maybe got there's a the, lot. Yeah, he's maybe got some but to give. Washington's but Washington's not in a, in a Super Bowl race next year. So I don't. Uh, a 38-year quarterback is, is kind of senseless for a first-round pick. Yeah. What, what, makes, what makes Brady so great? Because it's more than Brain. just being a great passer. No, his his football brain is better than than probably anyone who's ever. Well, you know what? It's how about, a combination how about his, of how about his drive and commitment. Uh, yep. Look, I mean, how does this? Yeah, he's a leader, a great leader. Right. This I, all started with him breaking into a coach's house during quarantine in Tampa when he first got to town, and that made headlines. Remember that he was yeah. being chased out of the park because he wanted to throw and get some reps in. Yeah. His drive is maniacal. And every. I don't. Every thirty-five-year-old should be looking up the TB12 system Method? because he's. Well, that's a total scam. But he's a perfect specimen. What is he? Forty-two. Forty-three. No gray hair. He doesn't eat. He doesn't eat a bunch of stuff. He no. doesn't drink a bunch. He's he doesn't drink grazing. at all. He's like just grazing in the backyard eating grass. Right. It's, it's, yeah. He still. It's amazing. He still throws it. But great. here's the combination. He? He's six-five. So yeah. the physical attributes of being six-five. He's got a good arm. It's yeah. not a really good arm. And and he has a football sense that is just it's above most people. So if you put other people have had better arms, maybe you can say Montana had just as good a football brain of of reading the field and doing right. things. But Montana wasn't six five. The six five quarterbacks haven't had his brain. They've all had that arm. The well, combination of those three things puts him in a different class, I think. The yeah. winner. He is a winner. It's a different thing. You, you, when people talk about greatest quarterbacks, there's, I always put it in two categories. I put it as a player quarterback, and then as what did he accomplish as a quarterback? Yeah. So can I he think, raise think, up people think, around him? Right. I think Dan Marino was the greatest quarterback right. ever. Amazing. Right. Now, but Tom didn't Brady raise up the, anybody around him. No, but. Pure passing, kind of like Rodgers is not raising up people around right. him. You know, now, Tom Brady is the did. greatest winning quarterback yeah. ever. Because Brady, there were years in New England he had nothing. Oh God, had Troy Brown as his WR one. Hogan playing lacrosse in <laughs> right. college, and all of a sudden he's <laughs> playing wide receiver. Repurposed lacrosse players right. as wideouts. Two, two main men were less than five six. I know, but no, he always had Gronkowski. 
Yeah, All right. that so, dude's the yeah. best tight end damn near ever. And then he had two great ones for a while there. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. happened to that other guy? Oh, that's Freddie murdered yeah. some dudes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> committed suicide. And then himself. <laughs> 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 himself. But that's too bad. He was really good when he played. Right. God there, damn. It does show you, though, that the draft picks, like, you know, Hernan is not a good draft pick, but he was a little bit outside the realm of what you would pick, and they picked him. And you need to hit on a couple second-rounders and third-rounders each time. So I think the front office and what the Washington football team is doing, I hope that's going to combine to a front office that you got to get third- and fourth-rounders. That's rounders, where the bread and butter of your team is. Anyone pick a, a first-rounder at 19. Right. Uh, let's talk Chiefs for a second. Tyreek Hill, Hatch, and you played the position at uh, Cincinnati and in the CFL briefly, is a fucking cheat code. He oh is unfair. In the most unfair of ways. I watch him and I go, holy shit. He is remarkable. the fastest, <laughs> most complete receiver yes. I've ever seen. And it's you can't do anything with him because his center of gravity is so low. Yes. And he's so he's quick and fast he's and he can catch. Yeah. He's got quickness, meaning short burst First, ability, yep. and he's got top, top end speed that beats everybody. And when you put somebody like that in motion and you're the defensive back, whether you go zone yeah. or whether you go man, you can't you can't stay in front of him. Right. Oh, and he catches everything too. Right. You can't stay everything. in front of him. It's so the best joke. you can do is try to bracket him. Yeah. So you combine that with Mahomes. Mahomes mm-hmm. is like the fucking natural. He plays the position in a way that's like, oh, I guess that's legal. <laughs> right? Well, he's just playing in the backyard. I know. It's all he's doing. He's just, there's a play out there. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just, he's playing, there are no rules for him. He's just playing in the backyard. Right. There's no, if I see these people, I got to step up here. It's, that's not being processed. Yeah. It's just, I'm surviving in this wilderness, about to be eaten, and I'm just going to do whatever I want, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw the ball. And someone's going to be open because of those receivers there are a little bit of those squirt backs where they're going to move. And they're not 6'5 and running around like Evans is, but they are ridiculously fast. And they are, give them credit, on the same page. Yeah. Which you know, you got to be on the same page, right? You, so that when you. Well, the jerk, offense is very well designed. You know what they're Andy Reid well, is it, the master. When it but, breaks down. And There's they're all good football players. There's got to be right between yeah, the, the wide receiver and the quarterback. Knowing where you're going to be. Yeah. And, and then Kelsey. You, reminds me, you want me to oh, Cincinnati. That's right. Yes, sir. Bearcat. Yep, that's right. So you want me to remind what that team, that offensive team reminds me of? It reminds me of the Washington team back when they had Charlie Brown and those all those little oh, receivers. Shit. And mm. they had the running game. And that, that was, was before fun. everybody's time. Uh, that was Riggins guys, and Joe Washington. So they had power and, and a zip zip. And they had the receivers. They had yeah. Charlie Brown, the other mm. little receiver. Then they had the one big Alvin one, Art Garrett. Monk. Yeah, yeah Art Monk, Charlie Brown, Brown, and Alvin and Garrett. And they were all little quick guys before <laughs> quick guys were getting yeah. in the league. Right. And they were just open all the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, then, and then that's how they got to the Super Bowl. But they're running plays, Kansas City. They're like – Oh, shit, I should have thought of that. The underhanded sort of shuttle pass it right behind the line of scrimmage. It went for a touchdown to Kelsey. Kelsey. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. that's a great idea. Because yeah. if he drops it, it's an incomplete pass. But it works like a handoff, and you don't expect it. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. I, I don't know how they're only three-point favorites. Why am I not going to bet every I, penny that's, I have that's what I was, on Kansas City? Oh, wait a minute. I know why. Because it's betting against Tom Brady. Shouldn't I and others learn stop betting against this guy? Yeah. 
Yeah, but in this particular case, I don't. I just don't think Mahomes can be stopped. I don't think so either. But, but gonna, they I have think, to win fifty-two to fifty. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. You do. That's yeah. That's because remember, if you look at what then they've already started talking about it. Gronkowski last time they played had a huge game against Kansas City. Kansas City can't stop the tight end. He's yeah. just he's and if they he's factor active. him into the game plan like they did last time, he can. Keep them in the game. They and move the ball down the Gronk field. Gronk for the last, I think that what they're trying to do with what New England did at the end there is Gronk has now become mainly a blocker. Yeah, and, and he's and a they good one. Use him, but if you can just use him those three times, like they did that one time this yeah, game, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, and it doesn't look like he's just going to get hurt every time he falls down. It's like <laughs> literally a truck crashing yeah. every time he hits the ground. He just hops up. Yeah. Uh, Hatch, did you watch the Tiger documentary? Yes, I did. All right, here we yeah, go. We did I talk to you, Ronus, about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you and I, we talked yeah. about part one or part two, or both. I just looked. Part one was. Part two wasn't out yet. Okay, and, so and you and I only talked about part yeah, one. Okay, yeah, and, and uh, I haven't seen it because oh, you I, have I don't have HBO Max. Oh. So I said I was just going to come over to your house and watch it. But um, I'm dying to hear. What so you haven't seen any of it? I haven't seen any of it. Oh, I, dude. Okay. I watched the trailer. All right, hold on. All right, so Hatch, sounds like you think it's a hit job. Yeah. I just don't unfair. like. Unfair. Why are you getting into his dad's business? I just don't like that. I don't like the whole. Well, his da- and I and that dude who sold him out, who's supposedly the friend. Yeah, the oh, young yeah, me pro the, at the Navy course. Yeah, exactly. That was teaching him at first. Oh yeah, me and his dad used to chase skirts, and you know he had an old Winnebago, and when Tiger was out there practicing, he would somehow meet all these pretty girls, and then he would Go take him in the afterwards. yeah in the Winnebago. What? Why? Well, on because that guy's part why? Why? Well, yeah, what, what why? Good does it do in, for, yeah, in why would you karma. throw? Right? Why would you throw somebody under who's, the bus who's deceased? Well, they got he right. Got, yeah, he I can't mean, defend himself. It's not good. You were supposedly a friend. Yeah, now, a close friend. Why they might have taken that avenue though in the production is to give trying Tiger to explain, a little savior. No, no, you know, they're to trying save to Tiger a little bit in that this is the atmosphere right. he was brought they're, up. They're, they're yeah. saying this is what he saw growing up. Yeah. Right. Like, everybody's got some dirt in their family. Oh, sure. yes. Everybody. You could yeah. do that to anybody's family. Pretty much, yeah. You know, so why? Okay, well, I, I agree that the guys that sat down for the documentary, they got paid. So yeah, of he, course. So he cashed yeah. in whatever meager amount they paid him. It wasn't life-changing, obviously. Right. Same thing for you could tell. She had, like, a non-disclosure agreement. I guess she's like, nah, screw it. I'm just going to talk for this document anyway. Yeah, yeah, she, she was sat, in part two. You got to see it. She sat down. She's like, "What do you want to talk about? Let's talk. <laughs> what do you want to talk about?" Yeah, you know. Okay. And anyway, why would you call her up anyway? The, the, she is a, 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 a you can say celebrity whore. <laughs> oh yeah, she's been with a bunch of them. Oh yeah, yeah. But here's the thing: I gained even more. I don't want to say admiration for Tiger, but awe of Tiger with how they chronicled him winning the U.S. Open with a broken fucking. Like it was unreal, and I saw it in real time. I know it was broken. They had the X-rays, Ronus. They showed the breaks. Oh, yeah. They showed all the times he was wincing in pain. The mental toughness he had was so far beyond anybody else in the game. It's a joke. Well, you know my formula: ability minus distractions equals performance. Right. Imagine that guy's ability number, because his distractions are off <laughs> the chart. So imagine how much better he was you think he would than have been, everyone else. You think he would have been better if he hadn't have done all the SEAL training that messed up his knees and his back and been chasing women and causing all the disruption yes, in his career? I do. He would have been, well, Well, he would have won more majors, that's for sure. I don't think the woman chasing thing would have 
that wouldn't affect. Maybe the Whatever. other. Well, when he got the other patch, stuff, if you're hiding them eventually, you're, it's a distraction. When he got well, caught, once you're, yeah, yeah once when you're married. But, but if you've been used to doing that and you're used to playing, I mean, there's you don't see it that play, way. Yeah, maybe. there's players. Every sport has them. The one thing I mean, that I was, I, I can give examples of guys oh, I that I was hanging out with, yeah. and they'd go out all night the right. night before a game, and still. Golfers don't have that pull. Most yeah. most of us, yeah. most of us, <laughs> would never even dream of that pull because it just would never happen. The one thing I was firm about, and I've talked about this multiple times now, is that I thought Earl was right in breaking up the first girlfriend. She didn't know what was going on. She's like, he had a shrine to himself in his house. Woman, that's not a shrine. That's just a youth sports athlete with his trophies, trophies. and his newspaper articles. Why wouldn't you display them? Everybody has that. Yeah, and she's like. I didn't even know we had a golfing team. She called it a golfing, golfing team. <laughs> golfing. I'm just like, okay. First girlfriend. See, that's the respect we get. Tiger. The, golf, yeah. the golfing team. Oh, you're on the golfing team. The golfing team. Yes. The and I also am on the cooking team. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you ended up marrying him, you'd be on the spending yeah, team. Exactly, and exactly. you would have really exactly. liked that. Right. Speaking of the golfing team, how is uh, – February golf going to be for your boys we'll at see. Loudon. We'll see. Do you know the golf season here, Hatch, February got 15th. moved to winter, and they're going to actually play high school golf in February, and weather the way, permitting? They moved the school that they get out like 20 minutes later now. So the deal we're dealing with this is daylight. Yeah, we're going to play right. six right. hole, six hole play, matches. Yeah. We're not. We're going to play three holes and see you later. So <laughs> it's Finish be, the rest in simulators. And no tournaments, nothing. Just six matches, like really, <laughs> like we're in a basketball schedule. Why don't here. you guys play in a simulator? I mean, that's a good idea. Why don't they just do it in a simulator? Not enough simulators, probably. Yeah, <laughs> oh, there they should have. They should have played back in the fall. They could have played back in the fall. But as as Johnny pointed out on a previous podcast, the the administrators were like, "It's all or nothing," and they yeah. made it so that it was all going to be hinging on football. They stunk. And by the way, the numbers were way better in the fall than they are of now. Of course. So they, they stunk are. at it. They did a terrible job, and I will. Comp- I will yeah. t- anyway. say that forever, but who cares? So back to the uh, Tiger thing. I mean, Tiger's early footage hatch of him as a toddler swinging, ridiculous. Right. He had a gift, a knack for the simple action that was hitting a golf ball that was, people were like, this is an Earl creation. No, no. Earl put a lot into it, obviously, but Tiger was put on the planet to play golf. Oh, yeah. Yep. And his age, the way he was swinging right. the club. I mean, his dad did the right thing. I mean, he found out that something he was good at and just nurtured and nurtured it. And yeah. nurtured it. It's no different than the Williams sisters. Right. Yeah. And I, mean, I don't think. How much golf did Earl really yeah. know? He played like an right. amateur. No. Right. Right. Yeah. But he learned just like how much tennis did freaking the Williams sisters' dad yeah. know. But you know what? He went yeah. out and read some books. I'm going to teach my girls how to hit the ball. And they had a natural ability to play tennis. Yeah. And when he got a to a certain level, yep. he couldn't teach them anymore. And he gave them to somebody who yeah. could get him to the next level. Same with Tiger's and, and dad. And both of those fathers eventually cause uh, quite a bit of distraction. Of in course. In the girls' lives and in Tiger's lives. Well, so Richard because Williams. they did the Richard best Williams they was could. Good. You yes. can't complain you can't, because they you, did the best they could. That's all they knew. And these were people that didn't have a lot of money. Well, yeah, the Williams. Think, these are two sports Williams, where you got to have money to play. True. Well, Tiger, pretty solidly middle class. Now, He's, I know where he grew I was I was at Fullerton when he was growing up. It's it's middle you class. You saw the house in the documentary. It's a middle class house Looked in like Cyprus. like the Brady Bunch house. It's in Cyprus. Well, that's, that's called that's middle, middle class. class. <laughs> yes, I agree. I'd but like to live in middle that house. Class, middle class doesn't afford no, it most doesn't. people to get that good at golf. Uh, I hear you. Correct. You've got to have a lot class, of money. And middle, middle class, class African American? Yes. <laughs> I know. No, 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 no. Okay. Right. Uh, but, the, but the Williams sisters, they came from Compton. 
and Richard Williams. They were the hood. They had they nothing. The hood. That was the yeah. hood. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And Richard Williams was crazy, but you know. Yes. Yeah. But he, but but he, he did the he developed. He got, yeah. Right. He exactly. It, yeah. He did they, what he could. We can't talk on those means because we don't know what their history is. Those as parents, they're both doing the best that they can. And we look at it now and say, wow, that was a little bit crazy. Well, but I know really, that's here, all they knew. But here's the thing, though. Is it really? Both his kids turned out good. Did yeah. they ever get in trouble? No. Did they ever get in trouble no. with the law? Any no. of them? Oh, no. the Williams? Yeah. No. Uh, I know. So I you know. can't say the guy was crazy because he raised, whatever no, no. the way he did it, he still turned out two good kids. He wasn't crazy yeah. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for pushing them to be great at tennis. I'm just saying he was crazy in general. But we, it worked out we great. We say right. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because the way he acted during that. the yeah. game to matches and stuff. But he might yeah. have gone crazy. Right. <laughs> I mean, really. All right, let's yeah. let's end on Hank Aaron passing away because this guy, Hank Aaron, exists in an orbit sports wise that's beyond just legend, beyond just Hall of Famer, beyond just Mount Rushmore. I mean, we're talking an American icon and a hero. And I was thinking, are there any living heroes still left? in sports that are still alive at that level, yes. the Hank Aaron level. Yes. The, Bill Russell? No. Okay. I'll put Bill Russell there. Maybe not the same <laughs> cultural impact as Hank Aaron, but he's up there. I'll 11 you championships. That. Right? I mean, <laughs> wasn't he the first black coach to win a championship? Player I be- coach? I believe. <clears throat> excuse me. I believe so, yes. I should have gotten a little bit of that water there. So I would Bill Russell would put him Bill up. Russell was not the most friendly guy in Boston. <clears throat> so he doesn't right have there, he doesn't no, but I have to get this out. That's yeah. right. Growing up there, he was not a fan favorite. And that's that's Here, I'll take well, your mic down. Do you want to cough? <laughs> there you go. And and I read a I read a long article about him. One of the issues that he had when he first went to Boston is there was a lot of places he couldn't live. Oh, He's yeah. He's like, look at this. I'm Com- playing <clears throat> basketball here, and I can't live in this neighborhood. I can't live in this Completely neighborhood. Completely racist. I mean, oh, yeah. The whole town so I, I understand why he's a little jaded <clears throat> and right. not right. wanting to talk to people. But that's why I don't. he didn't carry the sport. <laughs> I'm going to get it back. Here, here. I'm going to take you so, down. You go cough it out, my friend. So, I mean, Bill Russell – the boss. It's funny. So the Boston Celtics had the most black players in the NBA at the time, but playing in one of the most racist cities at right. the time. Isn't so that funny. Yeah. yeah, it made no. It, it hey, but Bill Russell. I would say Russell is in that the yeah. sport True. because he won. True. He was on a winning team and a winning program yeah. as the you know a, a African American. That but someday when the likes of God forbid Bird and Magic and Jordan yeah. die, they're not. In that pantheon, because thankfully society evolved beyond a point where there wasn't these great inequities. You know, they were all right. celebrated as great athletes early on. And with the advent of television and cable, we got to know them so well that, you know, the old school guys like Hank Aaron and Muhammad Ali existed in a different <clears throat> world. And I was, when you, when you texted us that that would be something that we might talk about, I, I thought to myself, he's also extremely underrated. And uh, under celebrate three oh five lifetime batting average three oh five with the yes he played with the power a, to be the all time home run and champ. He played in a town that was racially strained. Yes, he was breaking records Atlanta, set not, by old white yeah. men, mm-hmm. and he never really got the credit and the applause for the pursuit because he was breaking Babe Ruth's record. He was going after Lou Gehrig's record. He was always going after these. 
people who we named Little Leagues after. Sure. When did your kid ever grow up and say, I'm playing in my Hank Aaron game today? No, right. I'm playing in Babe Ruth. I'm playing right. in Lou Gehrig or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, I just and checked I don't it. Think- Batting average 305. That True. blew me away. I'm Fascinating. like, 305 for a guy that was the all-time home run king. That's amazing. And, of course. One of the greatest ever. He, he hated the fact that Bonds broke his record. He had to go along with it, though. He did record that video when Bonds did yeah. it. We Knew did. that he was a cheat. Aaron did it at like 165 with just regular looking arms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw something on that. You're absolutely right, where he said that he never was included in the likes of uh, Willie Mays never. and Mickey Mantle and all those guys. He goes, they would always name those guys yeah. first. And then, oh, oh yeah, and Hank, Hank Aaron. Aaron. And yeah. death threats on the eve of breaking oh, yeah. the records. It's just, it's a shame, I think. That he wasn't, I guess later on, but you know, later on, you want to be recognized when you're doing it. And unfortunately, I really look back and say that he was not glorified like he should have been. You know who caught his uh, home run ball? The guy that coaches Tom Brady's throwing motion right now, Tom House. Tom House was a relief pitcher for the Atlanta Braves at the time. He caught the home run ball, which I don't know where it exists. Hopefully it's in a museum somewhere. And... Um, yeah, he now is Tom Brady's throwing coach. Tom House. Oh, yeah, I know him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, he caught the yeah. home run ball, so there nice. you go. All right, boys, good run today. Uh, I'm going to leave out the last topic, which is uh, school teachers with OnlyFans accounts. I don't think yeah, it's appropriate yeah. to end that. on that after a nice, respectful talk about the hammer. Right. We won't, yeah. We won't talk, <laughs> what about, is, we won't talk about the women's sports. <laughs> what is OnlyFans? Yeah. I don't don't ask that, that question. Is. I don't either. So. No, you have, don't either. You have six subscriptions. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Uh, Ronis, you're going to a practice with your band just south of seven. We I have an acoustic gig this weekend at or no Super Bowl weekend at uh, Vanish oh, okay. in Leesburg, and oh, yeah, yeah. So my okay. one of my bandmates, I'm going to uh, to practice with. We're going to learn four new songs. Tonight. All right, me and Hatch are going to go burn up some of your gift yeah. cards here Use at Ford's Fish Shack. Look at this! Look at this cash right here. This is so uh, going to be right, some great seafood. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Look at those guys. <laughs> it's all, all for right. the gram, as the That's kids right. like to say. I got all right, boys. Too. All right, we'll see you next time. All right. all right, thanks. We'll end on this. Delta's CEO says the airline will begin to ban passengers who refuse to display, quote, basic civility. Oh, good. Where do I begin then? How about anybody who travels with carry-on bags that are too heavy for them to lift over their own heads to stow or to remove? You're banned! Oh, but that's unfair to little old ladies. Pack lighter, honey. If you pack so heavy that you can't lift it up and get it into that overhead bin to... What if I'm short? Hey, enough. Anybody who brings smelly Chinese food on a pla- in a plastic box and then opens it up and starts eating it, you're banned! Anybody who takes off their shoes during a flight, you're banned. Anybody who is talking on a speakerphone or talking on their phone very loudly during taxiing, you're banned. And anybody who barges ahead of other passengers when exiting the plane, you're banned. Plus the worst of all, anybody who refuses to move. So a family can sit next to each other should be absolutely banned from flying for life, as we like to say. All right, that's a wrap for today. Thank you very much for downloading. Remember, if you want more of me, subscribe to Friday's edition. Go to zabe.com slash premium. It helps support 
this entire effort. Pay for the free hugs and candy van, and I appreciate your five bucks a month. If you would like to just mooch Monday through Thursday, if that's more than enough of me, then that's fine as well. Tell a couple friends, though. That'd be nice to help grow the, the podcast. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. All right, the divisions have been decided. Champions are about to be crowned and legends born like Taylor Heineke. But what about you? What's in it for you? I know. It's your time to win in the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year. Maybe your team had a good season. Maybe your team had a bad season. How about you have a winning season in January? My bookie, the industry's leading online sports book and casino, and it's not hard to understand why. Thousands of lines to bet on your favorite sports. NFL, NBA, college basketball, check, check, check. MMA, soccer, check, check. They've got all the latest odds, period. Take advantage of my bookie's prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run, throw, basket, touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket. Visit their mobile-friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Just use promo code ZABE when you make your first deposit. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. The best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at my bookie.